0: good to see you uh, and to be the church. We're talking about faith as we look at this cloud of faith that surrounds us on the run, on the race, on the journey of faith as we walk from here uh, into eternity. I, uh, this week, as every now and then, if uh, Elijah, my uh, four-year-old son, wakes up early, uh, his tendency is to be loud and to be playful, and so I, I don't want him to wake up uh, his sister's Uh, Elise, who's our little one, and Manny, who's a little bit older than him. I don't want him to wake them up. And so if he wakes up early, (coughs) I'll ask him, Elijah, do you want to go outside and take a walk with Daddy? And uh, usually he'll be really excited about that better than being left alone in in the room. And so he'll say, yeah, Daddy, I want to go for a walk. And so we'll go for a walk and we'll hold hands and and we'll just walk around the block. Just walk, take a walk around the block and and we'll talk about life. Man to man, he'll ask me how marriage is going and How's mom doing and how's your relationship with God? Is your heart pure and are you seeking him? And um, he'll think those things. He doesn't verbalize them because he's a man of few words. But uh, we'll have these deep talks and these deep conversations as we talk about life and just chop it up over uh, a journey around the block. And this week on one of the, one of the days he, we woke up and we're taking a walk and I said, Elijah, your birthday's coming up very soon. And he got really excited about that. His birthday is uh, I mean, a couple of weeks out. He's really excited, and he got this bashful smile on his face. I said, Elijah, what do you want to do for your birthday? And he said, I want to have a party. I said, all right, a party you shall have. And so we're talking and walking, and he wants to do something with his friends from school and whatnot. And and so we're we're talking about his party. I said, Elijah, what do you want for your birthday? Do you want presents for your birthday? And he said, yeah, I want presents. I said, Elijah, what kind of presents do you want? What do you want for your birthday this year? (coughs) So he kind of like bashfully looked up and he, you know, awkward. He didn't say anything. And so I took this as a teaching moment. And I said, Elijah, a few years ago for mommy's birthday, uh, she had a party. But instead of telling people what she wanted for her birthday, for herself, she said, there's some people who are hurting and who are in need. And mommy said, instead of giving me presents, I want you to give money so that you can help those people who are in need of help so I said Elijah do you want to do that also do you want to help people so instead of you getting presents all your presents will go to people who need it and he, he looked at me kind of awkwardly and he didn't say anything and so I, I assumed that he didn't understand the question. So I said Elijah do you want to get presents this year or do you want to give them to other kids who might need them more and he said daddy uh, I want presents for me this year So I said, okay, Uh, but I I didn't want to let him off that easily, so I said, Elijah, how about this? How about you get all these presents, but one present, just one present will give to a kid, another kid who might need it more than you. How does that sound? And he didn't say anything, so I said, Elijah, do you want to do that? One present for someone else, and then the rest of the presents you get to keep. And he said, Daddy, uh, I want all of the presents for me. (laughs) <laughs> so I said, okay, you know, Elijah, that's okay. You know, he's still young. Uh, he hopefully, in time, his heart will grow to become more expansive and to think about other people as much as he thinks about himself. But at this point, he's just not there yet. And so, we're talking, and I love these talks and these walks that we can have. These heart-to-heart moments where uh, he tells me really what's on his heart, and I share what's on my heart, and we can have these talks, and we get around the block, and <coughs> we get back to our house. I said, Elijah, you want to go one more time? You want to keep on walking? Or do you want to go home? you want to go into the house now? And he says, Daddy, let's go one more time. And so we'll walk around one more time. We'll get to the front of the house. Say, Elijah, you want to go one more time or you want to go? And he said, let's go in now. And so he'll run into the house and he'll be so happy. And I love the fact that maybe it's because he's still young. But I love the fact that Elijah, my son, wants to get out and take a walk with his daddy. And that moves my heart. I love the fact that we can talk and we can laugh and, 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 and we can just talk about the things of life. And then at the end, I love the fact that we can go home together because he's my child. These morning walks, I know they won't always happen in life. Hopefully they will, but I assume that they may not always. Today in the Bible, I want to talk about a man who walked with God. That's the one thing it said about his life. His name is Enoch. We're going to read from Hebrews 11. (coughs) Enoch, interestingly enough, after we had our first daughter, Emmanuel, we call her Manny, and we we were pregnant with our second child who would be named Elijah, Uh, one of the names that we were tossing around was Enoch. We want to go with this theme of having E names, and Enoch was one of the names. How different would his life be if it was Enoch, come here, instead of Elijah? But it's Elijah. But I want to talk about why, well, not really why we almost named him Enoch, but who Enoch is and why he's in the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, just going to read verses 5 and 6, and then we're going to jump backwards to Genesis 5 and look at the original account of Enoch's life and why he's included in this hall of fame for people who had faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6, this is God's word, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He couldn't be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you go back to Genesis chapter 5, Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Genesis chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 21 through 24 and look at what Moses originally wrote about Enoch upon which the writer of Hebrews is drawing uh, this biographical information. Uh, Genesis 5, you'll see the heading at the beginning of chapter 5 from Adam to Noah. It's a written account of Adam's lineage. uh, Verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, He became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. This is the word of the Lord. I know some of you might think, "Well, this is crazy. I'm going to tune out from the outset because he lived 365 years. That doesn't happen. Um, there's a reason there's a very clear explanation for why and how people in those days lived the way that they did, and why we uh, don't live as long as they do. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, maybe uh, at one of our prayer meetings I'll discuss that. But one of the things it says, Enoch,, okay, 65 years old has a Sunday Methuselah. If you ever go on Bible, Je- you ever go on Jeopardy. Who is the person of the longest in the Bible? Methuselah would be your answer. Enoch was his father. So 65 years old, has a child. You live for 365 years. What would be the legacy that you leave behind? <clears throat> if your life at 12 years, at 60 years, however old you are right now, if your life would be stretched out 365 years, what would your legacy be? What would your life be? story be? What would people say about your life? There's one thing that's constantly said about Enoch. We don't see him much in scripture. We see him in these two places and maybe in the book of Jude we see him one other time. But when you look at Enoch's life, there's only one thing that the Bible writers use to describe his life. It says Enoch walked with God. There's one thing that defined this man's life. is that he walked with God. That's an amazing, amazing label to be attached to your life. When you get your, I don't know, whatever social media account you use, and it says, write in a sentence for your profile. If after you die, someone goes back in time, and they write your handle, or they write your thing, they write your profile, and it says, He walked with God. She walked with God. That Everybody knew this about your life. Wouldn't that be a life well-lived? As is, some of us are content to be defined by our bankroll, to be defined by our, the cars in our garage, to be defined by a bunch of other things. But Enoch said, this is what I want. I want to walk with God. So what was it about Enoch's life? He says it's interesting. It says he walked with God in the Hebrew, that's what it says, but in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is called the Septuagint, it says literally, Enoch pleased God. In other words, to walk with God is synonymous with pleasing God. If you walk with God, you'll please God. And the writer of Hebrews looks back on Enoch's life and says, the only way we can please God, Abel's life shows us as Cain's life shows us this, the only way we can please God is by faith. Therefore, if Enoch walked with God, he pleased God, then Enoch was a man who had faith. So all of these characters in the hall of faith teach us something about faith. What is it that Enoch teaches us? Abel's life teaches us what it is to worship by faith. And today we see what it is to walk by faith. And so three things from Enoch's life. The first thing, walking by faith. What does it mean to walk by faith? Walking by faith means trusting God one step one day at a time. I know the blank is, says one blank at a time. You say one step, one day, whatever you say. But walking by faith means trusting God one day at a time. It says when Enoch was 65 years old, right? Chapter 5, verse 21, when he, he had lived 65 years, being the father of Methuselah, it says at that point, after he began the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years. In other words, at the age of 65, his life changed completely. In our day, at 65, our lives change for a completely different reason. But what was it that caused his life to change? He had a son. He had a son, and all of a sudden, it says after he has a son, he begins walking with God. Why? Because something happens when you begin having a child. You realize, holy cow, I can't do this on my own. 65, the first part of my life as a single man, I was fine. But now I'm responsible for something else. For someone else and you begin thinking about legacy you begin thinking about what your life is going to be marked by begin thinking about the generations to come and he realizes i don't have what it takes in order to live my life out and so something jars within his mind and at the age of 65 after having a kid he starts walking by faith there comes a time in every man every woman's life where we begin to ask this question am i going to take my faith seriously or am i not Every person who walks by faith, at some point there's something that happens that causes us to go, whether if you've grown up in church, that's cool, it causes you to say, you know what, I've got to make this faith my own. There, There comes a point in our lives where we've got to own our faith and say I'm going to either walk this way or I'm going to not walk this way. I'm going to be a cultural follower of Jesus or I'm going to be a disciple who walks with God, who pleases God, who lives by faith. In every point in our lives, <clears throat> there comes this point in our journey where we need to decide, am I going to walk with God or am I not? And some of you have come to that place, praise God. Others of you have not. But there will come a point in reckoning where you need to make that decision. Am I going to walk with God? Am I, am I going to get serious in my walk with God or am I not? Am I going to continue in this way? At 65, he walks with God and it says for the next 300 years of his life, He walks with God. This is, how do you do this? Because here's my everyday struggle, my everyday reality. My heart prone to wander, Lord I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. That's not 300 days, I'm talking 300 minutes, 300 seconds. I have a difficult time walking with God for that long, but he walks with God for 300 years. How do you do this? The same way you used to hear when you were a kid, how do you eat an elephant? Do you know how to eat an elephant? You eat an elephant piece by piece. How do you walk with god how do you walk in faith you do it day by day step by step when i pick up my daughter manny i pick her up from school Uh, she's just at that threshold where she's too close to get a bus to school and too far to walk inside and and i i want to drive her to school i want to walk with her we park at uh, across the street at a church and then we walk to school and i walk her in uh, I, I hug her, I kiss her, I put her backpack on her, and she says, watch me as I go, Daddy. And I watch her go, and she's waving bye-bye until she turns a corner and she's gone. I love that part of my day. <clears throat> and as she's walking, I'm just praying for her. Lord, may she shine your light today in her school. May she be a blessing. Protect her, keep her, watch her. And then as after school is done, I'll take that walk back to the school. Her school uh, lets out. She walks in. She gets really excited. She runs to Daddy. She gives me a hug. I take her backpack off. I say, what's the best part about your day? You have a good day at school? And then we walk, and she always says, as she's holding my hand, she says, Daddy, let's go somewhere today. What does she mean? She doesn't mean let's go to Barnes & Noble, let's go to Chick-fil-A. She means I'm going to close my eyes, and you're going to take me to some place I've never been before. I said, all right. Daddy, where are we going today? Some days we go to France and we walk by, listen to the French speaking people, smell the fresh baked baguette as it comes out of the oven. Look on the left side, you can't look, your eyes are closed, but you can see the Alps and on the other side the Eiffel Tower, the Shams Elysees, all of these things. And she's so excited. She's like, Daddy, what do the people look like? And on other days, we'll go to to Mexico, and we'll be hanging out on our way to the villa in our hotel, which is our house. And she'll get there. She'll be so excited. So one day, a couple weeks back, we're going to outer space, and she's so excited to go to space. And so she says, Daddy, uh, hold my hand and tell me when we have to step up. Tell me when there's a car coming. This is really bad parenting, actually. You shouldn't do it because, like, cars are whizzing by her. And it's like, Daddy, what was that? And I was like, oh, don't worry. That was just a Martian <laughs> flying by. And, and uh, her life is perilously in danger. But she's completely at, in, at, at trust, walking with her daddy, holding my hand. And then when we get to the spaceship, which is represented by the Beautiful 2017 Toyota Camry that I drive. Manny, you can open your eyes. She's like, Where are we? We're at our space shuttle. And she opens her eyes. She's like, Oh my gosh. And she looks back and she's like, Wow, we've come so far in such a short time. I say, Jump in, Manny, take off your spacesuit and you can sit and relax until we get to the space station. And she loves that. And I love that part of my day because she's completely trusting that daddy is going to take her one step at a time from where she is to where she needs to go. And this is what it means to walk by faith also. How did you get into the hall of faith? How did Enoch get into the hall of faith? Because listen, he, there are some cool people, and we're going to get to them in Hebrews chapter 11. And there's people who shut the mouths of lions by faith. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like you're in the the Serengeti or you're in some jungle and a lion's going to eat you and you pray to God and the lion all of a sudden like it did with Daniel in the lion's den stops getting hungry and he turns and walks away and you're like, oh, that was amazing. That would be great. Wouldn't that be awesome? Or like some giant, like nine foot giant is like taunting your people and taunting people at church saying, aha, you guys, you guys are stinky, you guys are so little, and no one here can do it. And then all of a sudden, you pray, and, and you get this conviction, I'm going to do it. And then little sixth grader walks up and says, you know what, you can't mess with us. And all of a sudden, the giant falls down and dies. Wouldn't that be amazing? That's, Enoch didn't do any of these things. He didn't do anything cool. Like, you want to talk about, like there would be nothing great to make, like, a. you could, you could do these, like, veggie Tale great stories about all of these other heroes of the faith, but all this guy, he just walked with God there's ever a boring story of faith, here it is. And yet he's the second person in the hall of faith. How do you become a giant in the faith? You walk with God one day at a time. I said, one foot in front of the other. You might never get praised. You might never make headlines. But this is the faithful woman, faithful man. Who every day, unbeknownst to the rest of us, keeps their appointment with God at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to pray for an hour. I'm going to give every ounce of my prayer to the generations to come for the glory of God. That's Enoch walking by faith. It's the faithful middle schooler who says, you know what? Even though people make fun of me because I don't have an Instagram, Snapchat account. And I'm quite frankly very cool not having that. Because I've got the Word of God and I'm going to spend time with God thinking about what He thinks about me rather than what everybody else that I don't care about thinks about me. That's what it means to be Enoch. Walk by faith. Every day going into the Word, hearing what God says about him or her. This is what it means to walk by faith. This is Enoch's faith. It's the faithful worker who goes to work every day, treats his or her employees nicely, treats his or her coworkers with respect and faith, just faithfully walking their faith tithing, giving themselves generously in order that a church might be built and a kingdom might go forth. This is what it means to walk by faith. There's nothing really that exciting about it, is there? May never gain the headlines on earth, but it says God saw him and was pleased with him. That's such an amazing I think about Enoch, like there's only one Enoch in the Bible who walked with God. But how many countless people could have had that kind of a story? Could have had that kind of a testimony? That all of these people, when their life was done, people said of them, he, she walked with God. You may think, I can't. Walk on water. I can't knock down a giant with a sling and a stone. I can't bring down fire from the mountains, but here's one thing you can do. You can put one foot in front of the other day by day, and you can walk with God, and this is what it takes to make a spiritual giant. 300 years, just one day at a time. Faith by faith, by faith by faith, step by step, walking by faith, trusting the God whose hand is holding on you this is what it means to walk by faith and every single one of us the doors of the hall of faith can be opened up to us if we realize this is what it is and as you do this man this is where every david who slays his goliath begins the reason he had no fear in the face of goliath was because he is a shepherd faithfully following his calling fighting off lions and 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 wolves that tried to attack his sheep that's what god was doing in that time step by step, day by day, walking with God so that he could be the faith-filled giant that delivers the people of God when he was called upon to exercise faith. That's us. That's every single one of us, from the youngest of us to the oldest of us, from the healthy of us to the least healthy of us. Every single one of us can be a hero in the faith Because we walk by faith, which is just going one day at a time. It's the first thing. Second thing we see. Second thing we see. Walking by faith means trusting in the person and the promises of God. Let me explain that. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe what? That he exists And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Two things that we need to believe. One, that he exists. And that two, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That he's real and that he's a rewarder. We're trusting in what? In the person and in the promises of God. I know this is easy as a statement to say. And you can go off and you can tell people this. But here's why it's so important for us to get. Because a lot of times what we think is faith in the person and promises of God is actually something different. Here's what a lot of us believe faith is. A lot of us believe that faith in God is really faith in faith. Okay, what do I mean by that? I, I remember speaking with a friend of mine uh, years back. Uh, he's, uh, he's, in another, he's in another state, and um, he had a son. Uh, he had a son, and uh, his son started getting sick. His son was admitted to the hospital. I remember talking with him, asking how he's doing, and, Doing, I'm doing okay, you know, my, my son's doing all right, doctors, you know, they've got their treatment, they've got their plans, and I think everything's going to be all right, and, and I would check in on him as, as the sickness, uh, you know, continued to, to go on longer and longer and longer, as he was enduring by faith. I, I, I would call him up, I'd talk to him, sometimes I'd, I'd go, uh, go up and I would, I'd see him, say, hey, how's it going? And even as his son got sicker and sicker and sicker, against all hope and against all of the doctor's prognosis he would say i'm doing great i'm doing great and this is what he would say he said i have so much faith i have so much faith i am believing that everything is going to work out i am trusting we're surrounding ourselves with the people of faith Everything is going to be okay. I so much believe it. I believe so strongly that everything is going to be okay. And I remember being so touched and so moved and so impressed because his faith was trusting against what the doctors had been saying. Sadly, in time, uh, his son did end up passing away. And in the aftermath of all of that, and even now as I speak with my friend, how are you doing? How are you doing with God? How is your relationship with God? He says, you know what, D.L., it's hard for me to go back to church because so many painful memories come flooding back to my mind. In fact, in all these years, I've maybe gone back once or twice. I find it hard to pray. find it difficult to hold on. My family is doing fine, though we've not been to church for a long, long time. And I thought to myself, what about the faith? I have so much faith. I have so much confidence, so much trust. I realized looking back that as I put the pieces of the conversations together, That in reality, I think my friend's faith was a faith in faith rather than a faith in the person and the promises of God. That if it was in the person and the promises of God, it would continue to go to him even though he slay me I will still trust him. Even though the road is marked with suffering, I will still trust him. This is what faith in the person and the promises of God means. This is what it means to walk by faith. But a lot of times what we think is faith is actually a faith in faith. I'll tell you what, guys, it is a whole lot better to have a little bit of faith in an awesome God than it is to have awesome faith in a little bitty God. Because the object of our faith is more important than the magnitude of our faith. If I just, ha- Noah's Ark, if, you, if, if someone said, hey, you gotta get onto Noah's Ark or you're gonna, you're gonna die. Even if you only have the smallest inkling of faith, if you put your faith in that ark, you're gonna be safe and you're gonna be protected. But if you think, no, 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 I have all the faith and all the confidence in the world that this house I've built is going to keep me, is going to protect me from the storm, no matter how much faith you have, if it's placed in the wrong object, it's going to fail and it's going to fall apart. See, so many times what we think is faith in a person in the promise of God is really faith in faith. Here's for some of us, it may not be faith in faith, it's faith in our feelings. You think, as long as I feel like singing the songs, then I'm going to exercise my faith. As long as I feel right, as long as the emotions are there, as long as I feel like it's going to work out, then I'll put my trust in him. But walking by faith is not faith in feelings. Can I ask you another question? If you were were on Noah's ark and you were saved from it, are you saved because of your feelings or are you saved because of the ark, because of the promise? You're not saved by your feelings. The faith is not in your feelings. Faith is in the person and in the promises of the God who stands behind the promises to uphold you. And for some of us, our faith and our walk of faith is really a walk in feelings. So let me ask you, as you're singing these songs about the greatness of God, how great is our God? You, uh, age to age, he stands and time is in his hands. How many of you felt like I can't sing this song because I don't feel these things to be true? ruler of the nations i can't sing this song because i don't see it in my home country of korea i don't see it in iran i don't see it in north korea how many of you guys feel like that i can't sing because i'm not feeling these words then your faith as strong as you think it may be needs to be shifted from your feelings to the person and the promises of god this is what walking by faith really means it means whatever my lot Thou has taught me to say in faith and in trust in who you are and in the promises that you've given, it is well, it is well with my soul. See, when we wait for the feelings to come, mean, again, a lot of people in David's time when Goliath was standing before them, the reason they did not stand up in faith was because their feelings kept them from doing so. But when we realize that our feelings and our emotions and our hearts yet these are not bad things but here's why here's what god is doing i think a lot of times in us when we begin the journey of faith there are a lot of feelings that are there a lot of emotions god oh my gosh god answered that prayer i prayed this simple prayer and god answered it when i sing these songs and then tears come to my eyes when i sing these songs my heart is moved in emotion i just it just seems like god is so near to me but as we grow and as we mature God begins to strip us of these feelings so that in, we walk by faith and not by feelings, so that as we mature, we begin to realize that we're called to love the Lord our God, not just with all of our heart, but with all our mind, our soul, and our strength as well. That the rest of our faculties carry us when our feelings no longer are there. Every person in the hall of faith, if you look at their stories, their faith grew in the absence of feelings. So you've got Job. If There's anyone who's felt like, yeah, the feelings are there early in life. Okay, the feelings were there. In the land of Oz, there was a man named Job who walked with God, righteous and blameless. He had all of these blessings, and then the blessings were taken away from him. How hard would it be for Job to continue to trust? But he did. And through the next 40 chapters, Job's faith wavers, there are ebbs and flows. But at the end of it all, <clears throat> as his faith is tested, <clears throat> here's what he says. He says, all that time before God, I'll confess. My ears have heard of you, but it was only after you took everything that now my eyes see you. This is where faith grows. God oftentimes strips us of the feelings because he doesn't want you to worship the feelings. He doesn't want you to go by your feelings because if you go by feelings, then you'll constantly be on this roller coaster, which is fun for a moment, but if you spend a year on a roller coaster, that's nauseating. And the only option you have on the roller coaster of the emotions and the feelings of faith is you're going to say, I want to get off. And that's what a lot of us do when faith is dependent on our feelings when the feelings are not there we get off because we say i cannot handle the ups and downs of the roller coaster of faith because you were never meant to live on the roller coaster of emotions how many times have you said you know what i don't want to come to church i don't feel like coming to church i don't feel like going to house church i don't feel like singing the songs and so you don't on the other time on the other hand how many times have you I I don't feel like going, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, but someone tells you to go or something tells you to go or the Spirit of God convicts you to go, and you go, even though in the absence of feelings you come. At the end of the time, how many times have you said, you know what, the feelings are now there. I'm so glad that I came. Because you see, in the train of faith, feelings make a very poor engine, but they make a very excellent caboose. They follow the facts upon which you build your faith. Here's faith. It's not feelings. It's not faith in faith. It's faith in the person and the promises of God. Believing that God is real and that he rewards those who come to seek him earnestly. This is the second thing. Last thing we see. Walking by faith. Okay, walking by faith changes death from an enemy into a friend. Hebrews 11 Chapter five, uh, verse five: By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. I mean, this is crazy. One person in the Bible who didn't taste death, him and. Elijah. But here it says, if you look in Genesis 5, it's very interesting. We, we looked at this early, and we see it's a, it's a record of the people from Adam until, uh, until Noah. Very interesting. You read that it says, this person lived this many years, and then he died. It's a pattern. So in verse 5, uh, altogether, Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. Verse 8, altogether, Seth lived 912 years, and then he died. Verse 11, altogether, Enosh lived 905 years, and then he died. Verse uh, Verse fourteen: All together, keen and live nine or ten. So you get the point. Die, 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 die. What's God doing? He's saying this is this is what sin has brought into the world. Okay, this is why our world is like this because sin comes and the end result for every person is we die. And then in verse twenty-four, there's a blip in the radar, a blip in the system. Something happens, a bug. Verse twenty-four: Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more, because God took him away. Here's what God is saying. But I'm going to provide a way so that what happens to every human being doesn't have to be the end. Through Enoch, he is a living illustration of something that I'm going to do that even though life comes to an end, you can continue to live on forever. I don't know how this works, but this is really fascinating to me. He has a son named Methuselah who at the time that Enoch goes to heaven is about 300 years old if if, if Enoch goes up at 365 so I just kind of imagine that it says he had many other sons and daughters. So his wife, you know, hopefully, you know, his wife was, I don't know. But it, for, in my imagination, his wife is still alive. It says, Methuselah, <laughs> hey, kids, Sunday dinner. Come eat dinner. What are we eating? Oh, I don't know. Just come and eat and go get your dad too. Okay, uh, dad, come down. Dad not answering. Dad's not answering. Where's dad? I don't know. Go look for him. They all go look for him and they can't find him. They come back like, you know, I don't know how many hours later and say, mom, we can't find dad. Well, where was he? Well, last time I saw him, he was out going for a walk. He was talking to God again. He's out somewhere, but he's gone now. And so they put out a silver alert for him and, you know, beep, 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 everyone on their cell phone missing. Enoch, have you seen him? He was out for a walk last seen talking to God and blah, blah, blah. And kids are eating dinner all over the ancient world, eating lunch and breakfast and their milk cartons, have you seen Enoch? And he's just gone. Like, dude is gone. Like, he's, he's nowhere to be found. But for Enoch, man, here's the reality. When we go, we leave people behind, and it's hard for those who are left behind. But what God is saying here is by faith, what happened to Enoch was he just went home. That's it. That's it. He's saying by faith, death is just, it's not your enemy anymore. It's your friend. It's very interesting. God walked around the block with Enoch a couple times, enjoying it. God loved it, loved the fact that his boy wanted to walk with him. And then he got to a certain point right in front of the house. He said, hey, Enoch, you want to keep walking? You want to just go home? He said, I just want to go home. And he just took him home, and that's it. It's crazy, isn't it? In every one of our hearts, there's a longing for home. Ecclesiastes says, "God has set eternity in our hearts, so that you know in your heart of hearts that there's got to be more to this life than what I'm living." Every one of us has that inkling, that inclination within our hearts that knows that there's more to life than what we see here. In fact, every you you go search homing devices in, in in animals. I was talking about this at, at house church i couldn't think of the the words of song but there was a song that i sang when i was little you might remember Do you know this song the cat came back about this man who had a cat right he had a cat and he really didn't like the cat cat got annoying right that's what cats do he didn't like the cat so he wanted to get rid of it and so he sent it away thinking he was done with the cat but then the chorus says but the cat came back <laughs> the very next day Cat came back, he couldn't stay away, and so he thinks, well, what am I going to do? He sends him up with this lady on a hot air balloon, says, get rid of this cat. Sends this cat away on a 90-mile, so the cat ends up 90 miles away from home. He thinks he's finally done with this silly, dumb cat that sheds all the time. I don't like that cat. Just purrs, and his eyes glow in the dark, and it scares me. And so, but the cat came back. The very next day, cat came back. He couldn't stay away. So here's what he does. He sends him off with a dude on a train. The train crashes. Everyone on board the train dies. It's a gruesome, gruesome story. But the cat came back the very next day. Why? Because a cat has a longing. He knows where home is. It happens not only with cats. You see it in homing pigeons that were used by Genghis Khan. Pigeon will go and land somewhere it's never been before and then he finds its way back to its home. It's like that in in the movie Happy Feet, right? Emperor pigeons, uh, penguins do this also. They dance around in their homes, and then the woman goes away, the woman penguin, the female penguin goes away for four months to eat, right? You know this? They eat, 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 while daddy takes care of that newborn baby penguin. And then four months later, how would she know? But she just has this GPS homing device in her that leads her back to the exact point where she left the family behind. Because even within animals, there's a longing for a place to call home. God says in every single one of us, we have that longing. A homing device. Eternity has been written in every person's heart. And there's a longing to be home. He says by faith, here's how you get to that place. See, the reason why so many of us are afraid of death is because we're not sure where it's going to take us. But for those who know, those by faith can look death in the eye and not shun it and not fear it, but can embrace it because we know that it's not an enemy anymore. It's a friend that will lead us home. The first time time I, I took this thing called Uber, I was a little bit afraid. I was up in New York. A couple of our harvesters were hanging out together at a wedding. First time we called for an Uber, it was kind of scary because you look at Uber and it shows the driver's face. And I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about this person. This person looks mean. This person looks scary. This person might have a criminal record. And look at that car. I don't know anything about that car. I don't know how many people it's killed. I don't know anything about this car. And then the car rolls up and there's this big, dark, black car and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder if there's like dead bodies. I don't know anything about it. Uber can be a scary thing. And the time we're driving in the Uber like, oh my gosh, sweating bullets and the guy's trying to persuade us that it's going to be okay and then by the time we know it, he's dropped us off at home. Since that time, I've seen many Ubers come and go. Some of them seem like they came way too soon. Some of them seem like they came too late, but for the most part, most of these Ubers came right on time. And all of these Ubers would take their people from where they are to where they need to go. What the writer of Hebrews and the writer of Genesis is saying is that for Enoch, death was just an Uber, just taking him home, not something to be afraid of, not something to be seen as an enemy, but it's a friend that takes him from where he is to the place he finally call home. We can see his God and find his eternal rest. Eternity and home is set in every one of our hearts. Enoch was able to get to that place, and what he's saying, hey, you know what, for the believer, maybe it's just a continuation of your journey. How? Well, before Enoch was ever there, there was another walk that was being taken. Before Elijah and I ever walked around the block, God said to his son, his own and only son, now the time has come. It's your birthday, Jesus. it's time for you to go down to the earth. It's your birthday. Now, Jesus, I don't know if this really a conversation like this happened, but if you can imagine, maybe, because the end result is the same. Jesus, for your birthday, what will it be? What do you want for your birthday? Christmas Day, what do you want? When he was born, they gave him the worship of just a few wise men and the gift given to kings. But the reason for Jesus' birth, said, here it is, here it is. Everything I have, I'm given to my people. Every gift that could possibly be given to me, I give it all to them. Every righteous act that I've done, credited to their account, and not just one present, not just one gift, but my life. I will give my life. My life for their life. The righteous for the unrighteous. And after I give everything I have, then Father, I'll come back home and I'll open the door so that they can come home as well. We have a longing for home, every single one of our hearts, and because of Christ, it's possible for us to get to that place. He's paid everything. He faced the enemy of death in order that now death can simply be a friend who by faith in Jesus Christ takes us to the place where our hearts know we were meant to be. That's your inheritance. That's our gift. It's only received by faith. Let's pray. Is there a hunch in your heart that this life is not all there is? Is there a sneaky suspicion in the deep places of your heart that, man, there's got to be more I was meant for more. It's living, making money, getting good grades, having friends, being popular, and then dying. There's got to be more than this. The Bible says you're absolutely right because there's a homing device placed in your heart that cries out for eternity, that knows that death is not the way it's supposed to be, that knows that this life is not the end. Because you have two choices. You either trust your present life, and live that life out till its end. For the wages of the life that we've earned is death apart from God forever. The other option, Jesus says, by faith all who believe in me will never perish but will live again and have the life that is eternal. These are the options set before us because deep in our hearts we know that this life is not the end. This life is not the end. As we respond for a moment in prayer, I want to really ask you to think about this question. If you were to die today, are you afraid of death? Is death your enemy? Do you push it, longing for it to not come? Or do you have the faith in your heart of hearts that it's your friend that will usher you into the place where you are meant to live forever with your maker and your creator? I want to invite us to take a moment to pray right now, to pray to the Lord God. Just a minute or two to respond. Maybe some of us, we realize that our faith has been placed in faith and not in the person and the promise of God. Maybe our faith has been in ourselves. I'm doing a pretty good job living this Christian life. And your faith is not in the person and the promises of God that only by grace can you be saved. Maybe some of you have been walking with God. But you realize, man, I want to walk. I want to be like an Enoch in my generation, walking with God day by day. Pray and respond that way. But for those of us in here who have never made that decision to trust Jesus Christ, you've been to church maybe, maybe you haven't been to church, maybe it's the first time you're hearing this message. But I don't want you to leave here without having the opportunity to put your trust in Jesus, to have that longing for home, that itch for home be scratched by the only person who can reach that itch the beautiful one Jesus Christ in a minute I'm going to give an invitation if there's anyone who just wants to put their trust in Christ we're going to pray a prayer together me from here you from there so that you can make this decision to put your trust in Jesus Christ so that you can begin a walk of faith let's pray together for a minute or two right now just quietly silently in our hearts and then after a minute or so I'm going to I'm going to Lead us in a prayer. Give an invitation that anyone who wants to put their trust in Christ can just raise your hand where you are, and then we'll pray together. Okay? So let's do that. Think about that for a minute or so. Let's respond to the Word of God, and then we'll continue, uh, we'll continue to pray and, and seek Him together. Right? Let's pray. Pray by faith. God is here. He hears your promises right now. Right? He's here with us. don't want you to mistake this. There's a show on Netflix that glamorizes death as a friend by us taking our own lives. That's not walking by faith. I think that's walking by something else. That's not what we're talking about here. Walking by faith means we live fully for God, and then when it's time for us to go, when he calls us home, we don't fear, right? We move towards it. For those of us in here who have already made a profession of faith in Christ, no fear in death, no guilt in life. This is the power of Christ in you. Let's continue to pray quietly in our hearts. But for those of us in here who have never made that decision to put our trust in Jesus Christ, to be the remover of death, the destroyer of death, and the giver of life eternal, the one who brings us home, want to give this simple invite here if that's you like I need Jesus I'm scared to die but if what you said is true then Jesus can give me life that is eternal even though I die I can live forever if you're hearing this and you're like hey that's me that's me DL that's me pastor that's me I just want to invite you from where you are as we pray as our eyes are closed just where you are you can raise your hand just as an indication say yeah that's that's where I'm at Jesus, praise God. Thank you. Okay, put your hand. Yeah, see. Yeah, praise the Lord. This is me. I need, I need Jesus in my life. I need this hope. Right? I need this hope in my life. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's at least a couple of us in here right now. I need this hope. we see you thank you in front. Yeah. Yeah. this is uh, the most important decision ever made what are you going to do with Jesus so as uh, as we uh, pray to the Lord together I just want to invite you to pray this prayer in your heart of hearts yeah. I'm not going to give you the time to repeat but just in our, in our hearts so let's make this prayer our own whether first time, or we've prayed this many times in our hearts, to be reminded of the truths of the good news of Christ. Father in heaven, thank you that I was made to walk with you. Thank you that I was made for home. This is what Enoch's life shows. Thank you that death came into the world because of the rebellion against you, but you provided a way in order for death to not be the end, but for it to be a doorway, a mere change of address notice that changes our eternal destiny, that changes where we live from this earth to heaven. I admit and I confess that I deserve the consequences and punishment for my sin. Maybe I wouldn't call it sin. Maybe I haven't called it sin. But in reality, I've done things that have gone against my conscience, gone against your word, gone against the desires of other people and I've hurt them and I've hurt myself most of all I've hurt you but thank you that you didn't want to see me apart from you for eternity so you sent your son Jesus to live the perfect life in order that he could die a perfect sacrificial death in my place I believe you did that for me and so I ask that you would be my savior Be my master so that today I can begin or I can continue walking this walk of faith with you. Thank you so much for loving me and for saving me. I love you because you loved me first. Now, maybe for just uh, 10 or 15 seconds, can you just pray on your own? If you made that prayer in your own heart, just a 10, 15-second prayer to God, thanking Him. For the rest of us, let's prepare our hearts to come to this table of God's grace, asking for a clean heart washed in the blood of Jesus. Let's pray for another 10, 15 seconds. I'll pray, and then we'll continue with the sacrament of Lord's Supper. Father in heaven, thank you for grace so free, for a love so real. Would you meet with us through this song and through this sacrament? May we see Jesus. May we be led to him. May we know that even in this right now, your word reminds us that we're taken up into the heavenly places where the communion of saints and the cloud of faith join us in this moment the presence of God may we be encouraged to know that we're not alone in the faith may we run this race for you meet with us here may our hearts be renewed our souls strengthened through this time in Jesus name we pray